Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about the pain of preparation, the pain of preparation. And Coach Rick said something very, very good. He says, what's hard today is preparing us for what's down the road tomorrow. What's hard today is preparing us for what's down the road tomorrow. And if you asked any kid, if you asked any athlete, any band member, um, whether they are involved in cheer, whether they're involved in palm, whether it's football or basketball, most of the time, most of the athletes, most of the band members, most of all these people that are practicing, practicing, and practicing don't love the practice, right? They love the game. They love the, they love the glamour of the lights on Friday nights. They love the, 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 the adrenaline of being playing in a game, not the grind of practice. But practice is key, and practice is important because practice is what develops you and me. And we are in a culture right now that wants to be discovered without being prepared, right? We want to be discovered without being developed. We want the glory without the grind. And what is happening is if we're not careful, we are becoming followers of Christ that want the glory without the grind. So today I want to talk to you about the pain of preparation. If I'm going to be honest... This is like two different sermons. So both of my points today have nothing to do with one another, right? (laughs) Nothing whatsoever. And you're like, when do they ever? I try, but today you're like, hmm, I don't know. I I could have preached two totally different messages, but this is what God has put on my heart today, so I want to make sure that I am speaking to you. I have never claimed to be good at math. Um, some of you are great at math. Um, how many of you are math nerds out there? It's okay. You can admit your weakness. Okay. Um, we got you. Um, so the reality is we're probably never going to be friends, right? Because like, I just don't, I don't understand how you work. So let me give you some equations, the first three equations I do understand, right? So um, I think most of us could, could kind of understand these mathematical equations if you guys can throw those up there real quick. Um, you know, these first three, I think we're all on the same page, right? Um, and this is about where my math ends. And then there's an equation that I'm pretty sure says puppy. Um, <laughs> equals me see you, right? Like me see you. Um, I, okay, okay. I, I don't know what, I don't know if that's for real or not. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I just like Seth put something up there that's real that nobody's going to get and I don't, I don't understand that, right? Here's what I want to make a point of. Just because I don't like math and just because I don't understand math doesn't mean that it's not real and it's not effective unless it's common core math, right? Because that's not real at all. And sometimes there are moments when it comes to God's word and his principles 
and he wants to teach us and he wants to develop in us that we don't like, but it doesn't mean that it's not real. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. So let me give you this morning a, a spiritual equation that works when it comes to pre- the pain of preparation. Uh, if you will do this, this, this is a way better way for you and I to live. And it's our first point. It's this. P to the third power is greater than S to the third power, right? P to the third power is greater than S to the third power. And what this means is this. Prepared, primed, and prepped is greater than surprised, shocked, and startled. Prepared, primed, and prepped. That's not easy. That's not sexy. But that is a way better way of living than living your life surprised, shocked, and startled. I hate not feeling prepared. Anybody with me? You, I, I, I hate it. Whether it is going on a trip and I didn't look at the weather of where I was going and I'm not prepared for the weather that I'm going to be encountering, whether it's a Sunday morning and I haven't put the time in, which never happens, right? Like never you're like, did he really study this week? Can I tell you, the, the, the preaching, this part's the easy part. You know what the hard part of the messages are? It's the preparing part. It's the Monday through Thursday that makes the sermon on Sunday. Sunday's just the showing of the preparation that has happened Monday through Thursday. And, and, and a lot of us, we're not getting this because we live in a look-at-me society, Right? We want to be Instagram famous. We want to be TikTok famous. Some of you are like, TikTok, isn't that what China's using to spy on all of us, right? Like, like we, if that's you, you don't have to worry, okay? You're never going to be TikTok famous. We want to be this influencer on social media. We, we want, look at me, look at me, look at me. And can I tell you, that's not how it works in God's equation. It's not about look at me, look at me, look at me. God's about develop me, develop me, develop me. Prepare me, prepare me, prepare me. And there's a story that all of us are super familiar with that, that zeroes in on this like none other in the Bible. And it's the story of David and Goliath. So don't have to explain David and Goliath because even if you didn't grow up in church, you know the story of David and Goliath, right? But the, my favorite part of David and Goliath is the beginning of the story, before David really encounters Goliath. And and you kind of know what's going on, but let me give you the real quick Justin Graves version of the Bible real quick. Um, What is happening is all of David's brothers on the battlefield and David's home, right? David's taking care of his dad's flocks. His dad's like, hey, David, go say it's snack time, right? So go take your brothers some cheese and crackers, see what they're doing. And come back and report to me. And so David goes out, and all of a sudden, while David is going to take his, uh, his, his brothers some food and some snacks and, like, some orange slices because it's halftime of the soccer game, right? Um, he's, he's going up there, and all of a sudden, this huge, ginormous giant comes out, screams at all these trained uh, uh, warriors for Israel, and all the Israelites go back to their tents and shiver like they just heard a scary, scary ghost story. Like, oh my gosh, did you see how big he was, right? Like, ah! Um, And they're in their tent, and David's going, what is going on here, right? And he's like, I'll fight this guy. Like, I'll fight him. And what David says gets reported to King Saul. And so King Saul sends for David, and here's where we pick up. Verse 
chapter 17, verse 32, David says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. And look at Saul's reply. Don't be ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, right? This is the teenage kid that's come in and like, you are ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. So, so let me, ladies, let me tell you something. Verse 33 lays this in, just this in-depth truth to every man. If you tell me I can't do something and I'm a boy, you better watch out because I'm going to do, tell me I can't fly right now. Tell me, and I'm going to try. I'm going to die, right? That's how we are wired, right? As men, we're like, tell me I can't go down this hive pipe without breaking my leg on a skateboard. I will try it, right? Like, that's how we're, that's how we're wired. But David persisted. See, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. So David was involved in FFA, right? He said, <laughs> when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. Let's read that just a little slower. He actually runs after a lion and a bear. Not with a gun, not with a crossbow or a bow and arrow, with a club. I know hunting season's coming up, man. I dare you to club a dare to death, right? Like, and here's what he says. I go after with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, plural. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Here's what I love about this, is that David is the only person on the battlefield who is not surprised, shocked, or startled. Right? When this big moment comes out, this, this huge challenge that is imposing. When the enemy comes out on the battlefield of life, everybody runs that wasn't prepared, primed, and prepped. But David rises to the occasion. Why? Why was David the only why? Because he owned something that I call pasture moments. He was alone in a pasture. And I know we've glamorized shepherds like, like in the church, right? And we have, we don't have, but the big church has Easter cantatas and Christmas cantatas. Don't get any ideas, right? And they bring the sheep, bring the, the, the shepherd, bring the sheep in. And everybody's like, I want to have an animal when I'm in the cantata, right? And, and it looks like glamorous. Can I tell you, Jethro, David's father, hired all this out. And the only son taking care of the flock was David. Why? Because he was the youngest. David was the least important, viewed as the least important. In fact, the message calls David this, the runt of the family. Right? And it's an accurate description. And everybody has dismissed David. Nobody gave David a chance. And in the midst of being dismissed, in the midst of being in a pasture all alone, he didn't get mad. 
right? He didn't blame his dad for his lot in life. Well, if my dad just would have seen the capability and the potential in my life, then maybe I would have been something. No, you know what David did? He got to work where he was. And he didn't need to have an audience to start being prepared, primed, and prepped for what was going to come. So David started working his magic in a field while nobody was watching. David started practicing while nobody else was around. And I say this all the time, you play like you practice. If you practice hard, you will play hard. And you will live your life like you've allowed God to prepare you, prime you, and prep you for the challenges that are going to come. And some of you, you have a Goliath in your way, and you're becoming just like everybody else. Why? Because you didn't do the pain of letting God prepare, prime, and prep you for where he wants to take you. So he has pulled you back until you will do the hard thing and own the grind of preparing and practicing and being primed and prepped and ready and prepared because God is way more in you being developed than you being discovered. And he has huge, huge things if you will just allow him to prepare you in your field, and if you will craft the abilities he's given you now, don't wait for the stage, but do it in the pasture where you find yourself. Casey and I um, make something, it's, it's teriyaki chicken, right? And I love this teriyaki chicken, and there's a reason, right? There's a reason. Um, because Casey, the night before, takes this, right? This is actually the one she uses. And she hits me in the head several times. Um, but <laughs> she takes this, and she beats the chicken to death. Like, because sometimes it's not flat enough, right? And so she's just in there getting some aggression out. Like, he told me that, right? Like, don't talk to me like that, Justin. And it's in a bag, and it's getting flattened. And then we take what I call God sauce, right? It's this island... <laughs> teriyaki. I'm pretty sure this is going to be in heaven at the, the marriage supper of the lamb. Um, it's in Revelations. Anyways, um, Dead Sea Scrolls books. Um, but island teriyaki, and she pours this all over it, and it sits all night long. And it sits for like 24 hours, and the next day when I put it on the grill, it's sizzling, it's hitting, but can I tell you, when we pull it off, dude, it is amazing, right? Why is it amazing? Because we prepared it, right. Hold on. Because she prepared it. Because <laughs> I know my wife, she's like, we didn't do anything. I did the hard work. <laughs> this is our lot in life. I'm like, we did this. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I did, right? Because she went to the hard work of preparing it. It tastes rich life-changing and satisfying, right? <laughs> Instead of throwing some chicken on and then just basting it and marinating it, right? The moment that it hits and it tastes weak and plain once it hits the fire. And some of you, your life is weak and plain because you haven't let God prepare you when nobody else was watching. And this life that Jesus says that in the New Living Translation that I came, we've heard it, that you may have life and have it to the abundance. It says rich and satisfying life. That's what he wants you to have. But rich and satisfying doesn't happen amongst the crowd. 
It happens in your field and your pasture. It happens when you're tending the sheep. It happens when instead of getting angry and bitter and saying all the reasons you can't, you just own where you are. And you allow God to perform and to prepare and to prep and to prime you for the miracles that are to come. Man, understand P3, man, P3 is way greater than being surprised, shocked, and startled, and not ready. Second thing I would say is this. Stop acting like you've lost when you've won. Stop acting like you've lost when you've won. I love this quote from Dave Ramsey, and I've got to share this. It says, the future you want is on the other side of all the stuff you don't want to do. Now, Dave's talking about money because that's all he ever talks about, but... That's really good. The future you want is on the other side of all the stuff you don't want to do. And when we are facing and when we're against stuff we don't want to do, here's our tendency. We hang our head and we act like we've lost. Right? Because it's hard. It's a grind. It's difficult. You know what I've never seen? Even, even the OU game last night. And I'm an OU fan, right? I'm an OU fan. It was gross. It was ugly. It was la- last night was not a pretty win. But can I tell you, it was a win. It wasn't pretty like OSU's. OSU, you had a pretty win. I'll give it up to you. Like, Pokes, you did well, all right? Did well. Like, you're like, you. that's the only amen you've ever given me. Like, woo! <laughs> but it was still a win. Those guys didn't hang their head. They were excited because they won. And why I have never seen a football hang their head while they have won, I have seen a lot of Christ followers acting like they've lost in life. We hang our head and we say, how we, do? man, I'm just, I'm just, it's just a struggle. And I'm not saying for when you're, like your spouse has died, you'd be like, how you doing, brother? Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You know, I'm not... I'm not saying that you have to be like this weird person. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's what you've been praying. I don't know. I don't know. We have a marriage series coming up sometime next year. But but some of us, we walk around and we walk into work. And they can't tell that you are a child of the king. Because you walk in just shuffling your feet, and you're all down and discouraged, and you don't like work, and me and my wife are having problems, and my kids don't like me, and, you know, my boss doesn't like me because I never work, right? I'm just... (laughs) And let me read you a story out of Daniel 3. And to set this up, just, man, I got to fly. Story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar. Sets up this idol, right? Sets up this statue of himself, and he commands all of the nation of Babylon to bow before him. Bow before this idol. When the trumpet sounds, you got to hit your knees and bow. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are three guys from, from Israel that have been kidnapped. They're captives in the Babylonian Empire, involved in the Babylonian government. God's been using them, and they've just been excelling in the government. And the government officials get mad. So they talk Nebuchadnezzar into building this idol up to where everybody bows down, right? And so, so they blow the trumpet, and you know what happens. I know what happens. All the nation bows down, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they have been prepped, prepared, and primed 
before the fire and before the compromise ever came. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar gets really, really ticked off. And it says this, and parents, you are going to relate with this first sentence so well. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. (laughs) The struggle's real. (laughs) He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual, and then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Let me stop there just for a second. Can I tell you, if you allow God to prep, prime, and prepare you, what took others out, God will take you through. If you, man, I'm telling you, because once the fire comes, it's too late. If you will own your pasture moment, when the fire hits, what took others out, what destroyed others' families, what destroyed others' couples, if you will let God use it, he will take you through it instead of it taking you out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tied fell into the roaring flames, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, Come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors, the who's who of Babylon, right? And advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them, not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's commands and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, remember, this is a guy that just set up an idol to of himself. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble, There is no other God who can rescue like this. Here's what I love. Here's what I love is that they didn't look, act, or smell anything like what they got delivered from. Right? They didn't look, smell, or act anything like what they got delivered from. And some of us, man, we're acting like we, we got burned when we, have, we don't even smell like smoke. Right? Some of us, we're acting like our, our hair caught on fire like Michael Jackson commercial back in the day for Pepsi, right? When, when your clothes don't even smell 
like fire. And so what I would tell you is some of you, you got to stop acting like you've lost when you've already won. You've got to stop acting like you're defeated, acting like you've lost, still deciding to be a victim, but instead that you cling on to what God's word says. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, it says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So here's what the word of the Lord says about all of us today. Romans 8, 35 through 37. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Not just that you win, right? But an overwhelming victory is yours. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Hear me. God didn't say he would spare you from the fire. He did not spare Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. He was just in it with them and delivered, it, delivered them through it. And God wants to do the same thing with you. So many times when we hit difficult moments, when we're facing fire moments and furnace moments, and everything feels like it's coming against us, we want to feel like we are are losing. But the word of God that does not return void says, no, 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 no. In all these things, overwhelming victory is yours. To the place you don't even smell like, you don't look like, you don't act like what you came from, right? So hear me this morning. If that is true, then you are no longer an addict today. You are no longer a victim of divorce today. You are no longer a victim of your abuse. You're not broken. You're not busted. You're not useless. You're not beyond hope. You're not lost. You're not still a prisoner. You are not what you used to be, but despite all these things, guess what? Overwhelming victory is yours and mine, not because of what you've done, but because of everything he has done. So stop acting like you've lost when you've won, because here's what I will say, and I've got, I've got to shut up and shut down. What came out of the fire didn't just change Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It changed them as well. Right? It changed the unbelievers. It turned a pagan's king into making a declaration to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And tell me, your fire, man, your victory isn't just for your benefit. But it's going to not just change you and your family and your marriage and your finances and get rid of shame in your life, but it's going to change the ones that are on the outer part of your life. They may not be in the fire with you, but they're watching how you respond and what you allow God to do. And it won't just change you, it will change them. So hear me, don't despise, don't despise the grind of practice, the grind of, of allowing God to develop you. Because in the development, when the fire happens, you come out not even smelling like smoke. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. And God, I thank you despite all these things. <laughs> all the things that are in this room. Every struggle. Every why. 
Every heartbreak, every furnace moment, every hard time. No, 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 no. Despite all these things, your word that does not return void says overwhelming victory is ours. And so, God, I pray that, Lord, we may be in the field and in the pasture moments. We may want to hate the grind of preparation that we are in, but, Lord, let us start being prepared as much as we complain. Allow us just to be prepared and prepped and primed for where you are leading us and where you are taking us. Because if not, when the fiery furnace moments come and life gets hard and difficulties come our way, Lord, the tendency will be to bow instead of stand. And Lord, the moment we bow instead of stand, we missed it. Man, we missed it. We missed out on our Goliath moment because we didn't let you prepare and develop and prime our lives. So Lord, maybe we're here. Maybe life's hard. Maybe it's difficult. Lord, I pray today that we would understand that we are who you say we are. We are not what our situation wants to deem. We're not what the enemy says we are, but Lord, we are yours and we are free. And because we are yours, even though we may experience difficulties and troubles and hardships, overwhelming victory is ours through the name of Jesus Christ. So let us cling to that. Let us hold firmly to that. And let us realize that God, you will deliver us not from it, but you'll deliver us through it. And that, Lord, there will be a story that doesn't just affect us, but affects those that are watching and around us. God, move and be with us today, today with our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here. And you say, Justin, I'm man, I'm here. One thing I love about this church and that we saw with our baptism I don't know what your church experience has been, but can I tell you, I've lived way too long to try to be something I'm not. And life doesn't get better by you pretending to be better than you are, right? Or your relationship with Christ to be better than it is. It only gets better when you get real so change can occur. And today, there's no judgment in this. There's no shame in this. There's celebration in this moment that's about to happen. If you're here and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're here and you've just drifted away and you need to recommit your life to Him. I'm gonna count to three and all I'm gonna ask you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, yep, yep. <coughs> Is there anyone else? You join these three, four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted. Man, can I tell you what a moment right now for four individuals. Man, to not be scared, to not be timid, but to be encouraged in what is happening right now. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, you just say, Justin, my life needs to change. I need to recommit my life or make a first-time decision. Before we go any further in service today, yeah, I see one other hand. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. 
If you raised your hand today, man, maybe you're here or maybe you're watching at home online. Would you just repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart? Jesus, I come before you today and I confess and I admit I've sinned, I've messed up, and where I'm at isn't where I should be. God, I pray right now that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.